Blog Talk Radio. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. Rip it open and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Underhanded, unscrupulous, and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. Yes, yes, I want to welcome everybody to the first edition, first episode of the Big Brother After Show. And I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for being with me. And I want to thank the people that are able to get me into this position to put me here because I'm a Big Brother fanatic. As many of you know from the chat sites I might hang out on or some of the Facebook pages that I really do love this game and it really is truly a huge honor for me to be able to be on this show with you. So I'm very excited to be here, and I'm very excited to see what the season is going to bring us. Now, a couple of things that I want to go through real quick to help people maybe understand how this is going to work, because this is the first show. And to be honest, we don't expect a lot of calls right now. We don't expect a lot of chat right now. But there's a couple of ways for you to be involved, and the importance of this show is, is having you involved, because... This show really goes nowhere unless we get feedback from people who are listening. We, we got feedback from people who are watching. The things that you want to talk about, the things that are on your mind, the spoilers, the suspicions, the uh, twists that you want to talk about. So it's really, really important that you guys get involved, and there's really three real main ways for you to get involved. Now, the first and foremost that we've got to go over is that we've got a Facebook page called The Big Brother After Show. And we need you to like the Big Brother After Show. We've got quite a few people on there, but we need the people who are listening to be on there so that you can send messages, because I'll have that up throughout the show. And I'll have that up throughout the week. So if you've got suggestions to make or there's something you don't like or you want to say that I suck or you want to say that I'm great, uh, which is also very, very welcome, you can do that just by simply sending a message or posting on the wall. You can also find me on several different Facebook pages where I hang out, and a lot of those people allow me to... Uh, or allow us to post on their pages to get more people to listen. And uh, that's uh, Reality Chat, which is one of my favorites. You can find me there. Great people over there. They post a, a lot of interesting stuff. They've got a lot of uh, people that are big, big brother fans, and uh, they have great opinions, and you can argue with them. You can do whatever you want to, but it's a great group, and they've got a tremendous amount of people there. Uh, the other one that you can find me on is Addicted to Big Brother. That's another one that uh, kind of lets me – Post on there, and uh, you can find me there, and you can send me a message when you see me, or you can uh, talk to me there. 
So we can do it that way. Now, the two biggest ways that are going to be important, and why this is important this season, is that we're one of the few shows that I'm aware of and that, that we're aware of putting the show together. And it took, I'm telling you, it took about three months to put this show together. It's a, it may not sound like the most extravagant show on the Internet, but there was a lot put into this. And a lot of people that are trying to make this work and, and put it together. And this, this basically is a show for fans by fans, okay? There's nobody that's going to tell you you can't say what you want to say unless you get personal if you want to argue with somebody. But there's nobody that's going to tell you that you can't talk about certain spoilers or certain twists or you can't talk about people you don't like. It's actually more than welcome. Uh, again, as long as things don't get personal, I'm the mediator. I'm kind of the king of the hill. And if I don't like something you're saying or you're trolling the situation, I'm going to kick you out. But if you're respectful to other people, you're more than welcome to call here. And that's the biggest one I wanted to talk about is calling. Our number here is 917-889-7084. What that's going to do is connect you to me. It's going to put you in what they call a queue. Now, before we get started with the rest of the show, which is going to be a big one today, I want to tell you that when you go in the queue, you're going to hear everything that's still going on. You're not going to be blacked out or blanked out or muted out. You won't be able to talk until I come to you. But you're going to hear everything going on. And when, I, when you call in, you go into that queue. I'm going to look at you in order of, of the people who called the earliest. And we're going to go right down the line. And we expect this to grow as the show gets bigger and bigger. Um, but basically, you're going to call into this 1917-889-7084. It'll be our number every single week, every show. Uh, you'll call in. I'll put you in queue. And then I'm going to call your area code. Uh, if it's uh, 678 or 714 please be aware of what your area code is because you'd be very, very surprised how many times I've gone to people doing this, doing this uh, online radio bit for a while, and they have no idea that I'm calling out their area code, and they sit there in silence, and they go, is that me? And I have to say, yeah, that's you. you know. So know your area code when you call in. You get one shot. If you don't hear your area code and you don't respond, you've got about five seconds. If you don't, I'm usually going to put you on mute. Uh, if I don't have anybody um, behind you, I'll come back. Uh, and give you another shot by reading out your last four. Um, and probably somebody will be able to figure out your phone number and stalk you from there. But So it's very good that you listen the first time and you answer when we give you your area code. Now, I can tell you this. There's a certain thing that comes with calling into one of these shows. And I'm, and I'm only doing this one time to go over it with you guys so that you know from here on out kind of what the deal is. You may think that when you call into this show – that you might be embarrassed or you might be too shy or you might be ashamed. I want to put all your ease, I want to put all of your, of your uh, worries at ease, okay? Let not your heart be troubled. When you call in, I'm going to make sure that you're at home, that you feel comfortable. Do we have to agree on everything? Absolutely not. Are we going to agree on everything? No, we're not. But we are going to talk about what you want to talk about. We are going to move the show along with what callers and chat people are saying, and I've already got some chats up, actually. Uh, and some people um, sending into the Big Brother after show message. Um, so we do have some action going on, but if you call in and you, and you realize that nobody's out to hurt you, that you're just here to talk, and every once in a while there's going to be a disagreement, but if you have somewhat of a little thick skin, you're going to call, you're going to have a good time, and I can guarantee you this, you're going to be addicted to calling the show every time we're on because it's going to be that much fun. Uh, so... Keep the number on hand, 917-889-7084. We want you to call in. We want you to enjoy the show. We want you to have a fun time. Uh, the other thing you can do is the, the box that my voice is coming out of as you're looking at the screen, 
there should be an ability for you to log in through your Facebook, and it will set up a chat. You can tell Facebook not to put you on their page, just to do it privately where nobody knows what you're doing. What are you ashamed of? But anyway, you can go on there, and you can chat live with me, the host, and other people that are in that chat. And you can ask questions, and you can make comments, and you can ask questions, or you can say what you want to say. It's a free-for-all. So it's important that you guys know that this show is for the fans, by the fans. We're going to go on a schedule of Sunday and Thursday right now. Now, this week, because it is premiere week, and there is a two-night move-in special, which we're going to talk about soon, you're going to have Sunday night tonight just to kind of break in, because I want to talk about the cast and the twist before we got into Wednesday. We are going to do a Wednesday night show this week because it's the premiere. You've got to. We want to talk about what we're seeing going on and what the spoilers are that we think are happening. Then we're going to do Thursday. Then we're going to go back to the Sunday, Thursday week from that point on. Now, here's the, here's the kicker. We can go as many nights as you guys want, but I need the feedback. I need to take it to the people who put this together and say, look, people want to do a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. People want to do a, a Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday. They want to talk more than just two nights a week. And I can get that approved. It's not a problem. But I've got to have people letting me know that's what we want to do. Now, when that happens, we've got a two-hour block every time we do it. Now, do I think that this is going to go two hours? Of course not. Nobody really wants to talk on a radio show about Big Brother for two hours. So basically we have up to two hours to use before we get our official format after a couple of weeks. So if you guys want this thing to go for an hour, I've got to have some interaction. I've got to have people calling in. I've got to have people chatting with me. I've got to have people asking questions, making comments, having an opinion. If you guys don't do that, we can't take it further. So I need you guys involved in this. So I don't expect it today, but I'm just going to talk a little bit, and we're going to talk about the show, and hopefully I'm going to stir something up and you're going to want to call. I'm telling you, if you do it one time, you're going to really, really love doing it. So I hope that you guys do interact with this show. You are welcome to interact with the show, and it's about you and what you think and the viewers. So we found out this week what the twist was from the talk, and we're going to go into that. We've got to go into commercial, but we're going to talk about that. And I want you guys to think about whether or not you really like this twist and whether it's something that you enjoy seeing. And then we're going to talk about the details of that twist and what we believe the twist is going to indicate. And then we're going to talk about the cast after the next break. But right now, we're going to go to our first commercial of the season. You're only probably going to get one or two, depending on how busy the show is. So we're going to go into our first commercial. When we come back, we're going to talk about the HOH twist, and we're going to learn a little bit about how it works. So hold on tight, folks. It's going to be a great ride. You're going to have fun tonight, and you're going to have fun this season. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait for Big Brother 16. We'll be right back. Big Brother began as a social experiment. It's genius. It became a summer phenomenon. There's always a twist. There's always a turn. Strangers living in a house cut off from the outside world. One could go crazy. 90 microphones record their every word. You never know who's listening. 76 cameras watch their every move 24-7. And that's just the beginning. Because this summer, there'll be twist after twist and twist. Expect the unexpected. Jimmy Chen hosts Big Brother. Season premiere, CBS Wednesday, June 25th. Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke summer sound effects on you? Yes. Cool. You okay with this? And this? And what about this? Ha! Got 
Catch you there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. Motley Crew, folks, you can't. That pumps me up, gets me ready for the season coming up at Big Brother 16. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm excited. Uh, Big Brother 15 wasn't that great. Everybody kind of knows that. And uh, a lot of questions come up of why Big Brother 15 wasn't that great. And was Andy Heron really that bad of a winner and whatnot? And, and I don't think that Andy Heron was that bad of a winner. I think for that particular game, the game that he played, it was really good for that house, okay? I think for that season it worked out well because, to me, they casted a lot of people that, you know, I got a theory. Whenever you cast too many beautiful people, you want to, you just want drama. And I have a feeling that that's kind of the MTV reality, uh, real-world things kind of starting. Let's get a bunch of beautiful people in a house and let them fight. And I think that that's kind of where the network is starting to go. It's sad for me, um, and to give you a little background about, about where I come from, it's sad for me because, you know, I started from the beginning. I was in season one, two, three, all the way up to the current season. I was looking for this every single summer. This was the big deal for me. Um, my, my year usually starts off with, hey, New Year's, love football, football bowls, March Madness. Until recently, really nothing until Big Brother, but Big Brother Canada 2, uh, season two was really good this year. I don't know if anybody had a chance to look at it, and I encourage anyone who likes something in between and the spring to kind of wait for Big Brother to watch Big Brother Canada. Now they, they keep it really secret. I don't know I don't know why. I think it's on a pay channel up there, but there are ways to get it. Uh, message me. I'll get you ways to get that uh, when it comes up in the spring. But Big Brother Canada too was fantastic this year, and it reminded me a lot of the old Big Brother um, seasons, the earlier ones, because the cast was really good. I'm not too big on on Big Brother Canada. Season one was a little rough. But season two was really well put together. The the, uh, production was fantastic. The casting was done really well, which ties into Big Brother 16, too, because a lot of people think that the problem with Big Brother right now is casting. Now, I want to tell you my two cents on that before we get into some things, and then you can call and do whatever you want. Um, We'll talk about it. But... Um, casting, I don't think, is responsible for the problems in Big Brother. I don't think it's their fault, and here's why. Big Brother, uh, Big Brother Canada Seasons 1 and 2 are both casted by the same casting company. And I've got to tell you, even though I wasn't thrilled with Big Brother 1 and I didn't think it was that great, I thought the cast was pretty good, and I thought Season 2 was really, really good. So I know that the people that do the casting for this do a fantastic job. And I think they used to do a fantastic job. And I think the real problem is is that the the networks really get involved. CBS starts getting involved. And there are several people who have tried out for Big Brother who go through the Big Brother casting part, and they go and go and go, and they're getting their interviews done, and things are going very smoothly. It looks like a great group of people. And then they get to the network, and it's time for the network to do their questions on the casting. 
And guess what happens? They get thrown out. They hit the wall. They get cut. And I think that's some of the problems, that we have a great casting company who's done a great job in the past, who's doing a great job in Canada, but is almost pigeonholed because they can't do it here without the network being involved. Now, why do I feel like that's a problem? Because I think that the network wants drama. I think that they want people who cause problems, people that are good-looking, quote-unquote, the uh, real-world, like I said, MTV effect, where they want to have beautiful people fighting, and beautiful people bring drama when you put them in together. So it's a very big concern of mine of where it's going. Now, Big Brother 15 was beautiful people that floated throughout a large portion of the game. There weren't too many people that did a lot. There were not a lot of major moves. Um, there were a lot of people, for instance, I give Helen a lot of credit because I think Helen was trying to do things, but when it came to making big moves, Helen was, saying, was telling everyone. She was selling the whole thing of it's too early, it's too early, it's too early. And what we ended up seeing was that Amanda probably, in reality, as much as I dislike Amanda and her gameplay, as much as I, liked, I disliked Evil Dick's gameplay, it worked, and it controlled the house, and she was probably the person with the best strategy, but the thing I think with Amanda is, I don't know that it was a strategy. I think that's just who she is, and unfortunately, I think that that became her strategy was to be herself, and I think that she's a very difficult person to live that long with. So I do have some concerns going into Big Brother 16. Now, a lot of people are wondering about the twist, and I want to explain how the twist I believe and how we believe in several sites believe that this twist is going to work. We believe that the twist is going to work by having two teams in the house, 16 people, teams of eight on each side, okay? Those two teams of eight battle. They will win an HOH for each team. Now, I don't know if each team battles separately on their, or, or what happens, but somebody's going to be an HOH of each team. Gives you two HOHs for each of the eight people. Those two HOHs will then put up two nominations apiece, okay? That's where the four nominations come in. Now, are four nominees going home? No. Are two going home? That's not the speculation. Four will go up, two HOHs. Now, second phase of the HOH, which they're calling the Battle of the Block, I believe is the two HOHs battling to see who will be the final HOH. The loser of that battle loses the nominations that they put up and all of their HOH powers, leaving, at the end of the day, one HOH and their nominations up. Now, there's been speculation the power of veto won't be played, but I believe that it will, and I don't think that there's been anything out there that says that the, the POV won't be played. Now, once the POV is played and what they talk about about the HOH is not being safe is that the HOH who lost the battle of the block in a POV situation can still be put up. Now, I find this completely comical because, to me, it's a longer version of what you had originally, which is one HOH and two nominations and people vote. And it seems like that this is just an added step to make it more complicated, in my opinion. Now, does this prevent backdooring? Does this prevent um, people sandbagging a lot of the competitions? Maybe. But floating has become such a major strategy. I mean, we're looking at people like Adam, uh, Adam from Season 3, or I'm sorry, Season 13, 
who is able to be in the final three for doing absolutely nothing. Uh, Gina Marie being a final two for doing absolutely nothing. Spencer uh, being a final, I believe Spencer was a final three for doing nothing. I mean, the floater strategy has now gotten people to the final four, final three, final two. I mean, some would say Jordan Loy, which is season 11, floated to winning $500,000. So there's a strategy there of floating. And I think season 15 and the worry about season 16 is that we're going to have a season filled with them. Now, somebody's going to win HOH, it's going to happen. But is it going to be a strong HOH winner? Is it going to be somebody like Janelle who's really strong or Frank or anyone like that uh, that can actually compete and win it? What I find interesting is that in many, and we'll go into the cast thing in the second half here, but many people who are on the cast when they talk about it, a lot of them are like, hey, I can't wait to compete. The competitions are what I'm looking forward to the most. And then their strategy is to lay low. But that makes zero sense. Either you want to compete and you want to win, or you've got a strategy to float. Now, a lot of people think that Dan and Will are floaters. I want to, I want to nix that right now to anyone who's listening for this upcoming season and think that Dan and Will were the ultimate floaters. They're not. There's a manipulation strategy that goes along with what Will and Dan do. It's very, very hard to do. You've got to come off very likable and trustworthy at the same time with people knowing that you're lying to them, and they still want to go with you. That's very, very different from sitting on your ass smoking cigarettes in the backyard, folks. Okay? And I just want to make that point that we're losing the strategic player in place of a floating strategy. And it's a worrisome situation in 16. Now, 16 could be great, but I think this twist is really going to confuse a lot of viewers and going to confuse the players at first. I mean, they're going to be kind of confused on what's going on because I know when Julie announced it on the talk, Facebook blows up with people telling us all the wrong stuff, like four people are going home. I can't believe this. This is, this is crap. Two HOHs, how is that ever going to work? So there's a lot of confusion with fans that are going, that's going on, and it's still going on. People are still talking and giving out information that makes no sense. So there's a confusion factor. Now, there's another factor that I think that Big Brother 16 is trying to do this year, and that is to bring in a younger audience. So we're going to talk about that in the second half because it completely revolves around a house guest that I think is, that is coming into the house and some of the benefits that, that house guest might have. And I think that there is an idea that there's going to be a move to get a younger audience on Big Brother. So on top of everything else, we're going to be bringing in new viewers who are going to be very, very confused on night one of what the hell's going on. I think it's going to take everybody two weeks to really figure this out. And I'm sure that there's another twist. Some people think vets are coming in the house. Wouldn't that be something? huh? 16 new people come in. We thought they were going to be 8 and 8. They're going to be on the same team, and then here comes 16 vets. That'd be crazy. I do think that there's going to be some vets playing in this season somehow. Uh, I, I have not given up on that. And my thought is is that we may see two to four vets come in. I would like to say probably two, and I want to say they're probably going to be captains of each team. But that's never been said. That's speculation because there are some former ex-house guests that are missing, some all-stars, quote-unquote, that are still kind of missing since the quester happened. 
So I think it's very possible we're going to get two bets on Thursday night, and uh, those two bets might each be captain of a team and uh, maybe win a certain amount if one of their team finishes, you know, last or finishes as a, in the money. So I think that it's still possible we're going to see vets, but I think that this is a really, really bad twist idea, and that's the whole point that I'm getting to. I don't like the twist idea. I think it's too complicated. I think you're just adding in another mix of things to get the same result you've always had. You've always had two, an HOH that made two nominations. Now all you're doing is making an extra step to have two HOHs and four nominations and to eliminate one HOH and two nominations. So at the end of the day, all that confusing math still ends you up with one HOH and two nominees. So I don't understand what Big Brother's idea is behind this. Now, this week they say Thursday is going to be a live eviction, which I really don't like either, and this is why I don't like that either. I don't think we as viewers get to know the person they're voting out. Maybe that's the whole point. I get it. Okay, you're in the house, what, when they go in the house, the Friday. I get it. I totally get it. You've, you already know who you want to nominate. You already know who you want to put up for eviction. You already know who you want to send out. But for the viewer, that's unfair. And it's unfair towards the person that they're going to vote out. Jody uh, was somebody in season 14 who was sent out the door in, the, in two days. How in the hell is anybody supposed to know anything about this person? You, you went through all these interviews, all of this stress, going, talking through people, learning people, you know, doing all these interviews. To have somebody send you home and you got literally two hours of TV time. I think that's sad and I think it's ridiculous. And I wish that Big Brother would give us one week to learn about these people before they start sending them home. What's one more week of giving us till next Thursday to learn about someone, to watch the live feeds? So I don't like this idea. That's, that's the twist as I know it. I'm not crazy about it. I say just leave it alone. I like the two-team idea, but there's no reason why you can't have one HOH win with the two teams and just cut all that crap out. Quit insulting the viewer. Leave it simple. Help us enjoy the show as we used to enjoy it and get on with it. So that's the twist as we know it. Guys, if you know of anything else and you know of any other twists that you want to talk about that maybe weren't addressed tonight uh, in the first part of this, give me a call, 917-889-7084. Hit me up on uh, the chat page there. Or find me on Big Brother uh, After Show. Send me a message. We're going to go to commercial again when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the cast. And this is the one that you want to stay on for, because I'm telling you, in the last 24 hours, a lot of things have blown up. A lot of things have gotten quite crazy here. And we're learning a lot about a lot of these cast members that's going to blow your mind. So this is the big part of it. So stay tuned. We're going to go to commercial real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the cast. And we're going to take some questions I'm getting on the other part of the, uh, on my Facebook page here. So stay tuned. Appreciate you being here. This is the Big Brother After Show. It's 1027 Eastern. Hang in there. Where's Jill? She's really lonely and out walking the cornfield again. Do you think they will ever find us true love? Not hanging out with us all day. We used to be lonely. Until we met on Farmers Only. FarmersOnly.com is the new online dating site for farmers, ranchers, and good old country folks. You don't have to be lonely at Farmers. 
just don't get it.
We didn't get it. We didn't get vets. I wanted to see vets. And here's the main reason, and you guys can get mad, but vets get ratings, okay? Rachel Riley can't stand her. But there's one thing that's going to happen when Rachel Riley is on. I am going to watch because I dislike her. And I'm going to watch, and I'm going to laugh at when she fails. And I know, hey, Rachel, Brinch Army, get mad. Call me. Kick a storm up. I'm not afraid to talk to you. Give me a call, 917-889-7084. Say anything you want to, but I'm going to tell you. I don't, like, I don't like Rachel and I don't like Brendan. I actually like Rachel and Brendan by themselves fine. I don't think Rachel is as bad with, without Brendan, and I think Brendan is fine by himself. I think when you put them both together, it's a dynamic atomic bomb of insecurity that goes off and destroys anything in its path. And so... Yeah, it's fun to watch them, but it's also really fun to watch people that are that insecure fail, and I know that that makes me a bad person. But I I will be the first to tell you, and my wife will tell you that it's true. Talking bad about other people makes me feel better about myself, and I will admit that wholeheartedly right now. So I really thought we were going to see these great players come back, and uh, we, we didn't. We're going to see all kinds of uh, new people, and I think the vets would have helped ratings. I think with the Amazing Race, if they had brought Rachel back, uh, it was probably too soon, but, man, you know, it would have probably kicked up ratings tremendously from a cross, I guess, cross-reality pollination between American Ra- or, um, The Amazing Race and Big Brother. Um, so I think ratings would have done really well. You would have known for sure that the house guests were going to behave, that they weren't going to be racist or homophobic, that you were going to have a good group of people that were going to play the game, knew how it was played, knew the rules, and you kind of have a really good season um, with everybody kind of following what they needed to do. So I think, I think an all-star season would have been really, really smart here. I think a, a, a vet season. I even liked, I'll tell you what, I even liked the idea, uh, and I actually I wrote Allison Grodner about this, was that I like an idea of all runner-ups coming into the house, uh, 15 runner-ups put back in the house. Uh, and I'm not going to go over the list, but, my God, if you go look at the list, it's pretty incredible. Uh, you would have some really great players. And if you wanted to bring Dan back in, you could from season 14 um, to kind of kind of boost up some things. But I think it would have been a really great idea to have runner-ups, uh, an all-star runner-ups come, come on. Um, but what we did get was new people. And with new people comes the problem that we had last year. Um, and, and i got to say, some of you guys know this. Let's talk about the elephant in the room first. Um, I believe his name's Frankie Grande. I, I don't know if Grande or Grahande or whatever is the right pronunciation for his last name. I apologize. I'm not saying that to be mean. I just don't care enough to learn what the last name pronunciation is because I know that he has a sister that has 15 million votes. Now, 15 million uh, Twitter followers, which can translate into votes. Um, here's the concern, and I want to straighten this out because there are people that are complaining all over the place. And there are people that are saying, quit bitching and moaning. Let's just see what happens. You, I don't see what matters. His sister has 15 million followers on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Let me clear this up because I want this to be understood. The people that are complaining, uh, let me just say it like this. If we didn't have to vote, if we weren't being told America's going to play a major role in how this game works this year, if we're not going to vote on people getting a special power, people being saved from eviction, people being put up for eviction, anything like that, okay? If we're not voting for anything major, I wish this Frankie guy good luck. 
I really do. If he can win and he's somebody that's enjoyable to watch, fantastic. I will be a big fan of his. However, my concern is that Big Brother did not learn from last year. Now, all this Alyssa stuff on this MVP was awful. It was awful. It was an awful idea. It was an awful situation. Whoever thought it up should have been fired, and then after he went home, called and said, just by the way, we want to fire you again. It was the worst idea ever. You put an MVP in play. First of all, I don't like three nominees. Three nominees, I think three nominees really does force the House to go all one way because they don't want to split votes and keep a possible person in the House that they want to get rid of. For instance, if Amanda, Andy, and Gina Marie are up, I'm just going to throw that out there, and, you, and, the, and the House has to vote, they're going to go one way because they don't want to split votes with the third person involved and maybe keep the person that they are trying to get rid of in the House. So this third nominee thing was garbage, um, and keeping it, keeping it going as long as they did was garbage. They just should have thrown a flag on it, knew it was a disaster, and gotten out of there. And they didn't. They left it going. Now, the MVP was awful because all that happened was all of, Ran- all of Rachel's friend, uh, fans, all of, all of Brendan's fans, all Rachel and Brendan and their friends and people that they know and other reality show people were putting on there, go vote for Alyssa to have MVP. So she had it, had it, had it, had it, had it. Now, I've got to be honest. If you'd have given it to somebody, and I'm, I'm going to get in so much trouble, but if you'd given it to somebody who knew how to tie their shoe, it could have been pretty interesting, okay? If you could have given it to somebody who knew how to play this game, it might have been really interesting. It's a shame Helen didn't get it. I really, there were certain things that Helen annoyed me about in 15, but I think Helen came to play, and I think if Helen had gotten MVP power to herself, I think it probably would have been used a little bit better. And if it had been spread between people, it would have been better. Big Brother made one mistake. You know, one thing you had to do, and you screwed it up, and all they had to do was say that the same rule for HOH applied to MVP. You cannot win it twice in a row. And the, the problem would have been resolved. We would have had Alyssa win it one week, and then we would have had, you know, Caitlin win it the next week, and then maybe it would have gone back to Alyssa. But Alyssa would have not have held that power for so long. I'm going to tell you guys something that's important to tell you about Alyssa, and it's going to break some hearts. The only reason Alyssa lasted as long as she did in that game was because people were using her for that power. So not only did she have the advantage of putting up people, not only did she have the advantage of having America behind her because of her sister, but she also had the advantage of staying in the game because people were using her power. Okay, They were keeping her on so that they could tell her who to put up so she stayed safe. Now, that brings us back. Why is that relevant now? Because it's going to bring us back to this Frankie kid. Now, Frankie is a YouTube phenomenon. He has 500,000 followers by himself. Now, there's nobody else on that show that can compete with that. He has 500,000 followers. Now, let me tell you, folks, how he has 500,000 followers, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to get attacked by 12-year-olds, but I'm going to tell you, he absolutely has zero thing to say that's important. I know because I'll watch some videos. He actually has a No Shirt Thursdays or something in which he talks about absolutely nothing, has zero substance whatsoever. Hey, you know what, though? 
if he's got 500,000 followers from that, more power to him. I'm not going to attack that. I, I just did, but I'm going to take it back. Whatever. It's America. Good luck. But 500,000 followers is a bit concerning in itself alone when it comes to a popular vote on something. Okay? And Alyssa involved in this because you would think that it was such a disaster last year with Alyssa being that third uh, or being that MVP that they would back away from this and say, let's don't go down that road again. Let's learn our lesson. And maybe they did. We don't know what they're going to ask us to vote for. But when I am told, hey, you're going to, do a, you're going to be part of a major you know, twist in this and you're going to have a major say-so on this season socially through social media and interactive, interactivity, if that's even a word, then I have a concern because I have a guy in the house that has 500,000 followers on his own Twitter. Now, this doesn't even include, okay, the nipple twist that goes on that makes you cringe and in pain of the fact that I'm going to have to deal also with his sister tweeting out to 15 million 14, 12 and 14-year-olds saying, go vote for my brother, CBS.com, Big Brother, whatever. Uh, my, they're up for a secret power. Go vote for my brother. Do you realize, let me just say this, you have 6 million viewers average on Big Brother every year. Okay, it's been higher in the past, but let's be fair, 6 million. 15 million people. Now, let's say that they don't all vote, and somebody was bitching, saying, well, if they don't all vote. Well, what if, what if 10% votes? That's 1.5 million people. Now, I want to tell you something. Out of all of the people that watch Big Brother, all, you know, 6 million, maybe 5% even buy the live feeds, folks. 5% by the live feeds, and that's probably being generous, okay? So you're looking at less than a million people watching live feeds. How many people do you think are going to really go vote? I can tell you, you might see a million go vote. You might see the exact same number go vote. It might be a million, two million that vote. But it certainly won't be anywhere near the 15 million capable people that his sister can say, go vote for my brother. And that's the problem people have. It's not that his sister's famous. We don't care. Nobody cares if his sister has fame. It's not his thing whether or not she has fame. But, and it's not it, it, more power to him to have 500,000 YouTube followers. Look, let me tell you, people took pictures of themselves laying flat against objects and called it planking and took pictures, and it was an Internet sensation. Okay? Three million people tune in to watch Honey Boo Boo. I'm not shocked that, some, that there's 500,000 people that are watching his YouTube and think he's great. I think it's a waste of your life. People think it's a great thing. Fine. I'm okay with that. I didn't understand planking, owling, or I don't understand people watching Honey Boo Boo either. But it's America. Do whatever your heart contents, okay? Whatever your heart desires, that's fine. But when it comes down to the serious watcher of Big Brother, it's a concern that we're dealing with somebody who has 16 million votes at their disposal, or not 16 million people who can vote at their disposal. Now, here's the other concern. I've got people saying, well, hey, man, you know, people that are 12 and 14 don't watch Big Brother. Well, here's the thing. Guess what? The 12 and 14-year-olds that you don't think are a problem on Big Brother, or won't be a problem on Big Brother. Now, mind you, Big Brother doesn't air at 10 o'clock on a pay-per-view channel. It airs at 8 o'clock. This is not the time that 12- or 14-year-old people say, hey, Mom, Dad, I'm going to hit the sack. This is primetime television, okay? 
So don't tell me that 12 and 14 year olds don't watch Big Brother. They will now that his now that her brother is on that show. They will now. Now that's what I was talking about earlier. That is the move that the network is making. They want the 12 and 14 year olds watching Big Brother now. They want to care, they want to carry and catch and, and capture the 12 to 14 year old demographic. Probably probably a bigger demographic than that. Now the MTV. You know, I was watching MTV the other day, and it's absolutely pitiful. They were, they were running like Martin. I don't know if anybody remembers like Martin. I think it was in the 90s, a sitcom in the 90s. They were running Martin reruns on MTV. It was absolutely amazing to me that during prime time, and I think it was run from 7 until midnight, all week long, it was like, it was like uh, Nick at Night all of a sudden. And they were running another show the other day on there, back to back to back, which really threw me off. So now you've got all these people that are that were watching the MTV, this MTV, the new MTV generation, who have no MTV now really to watch. I mean, it's either catfish or pregnant teenage girls. It's pretty boring, okay? And you get that demographic and you bring it over by having a pop star's brother be on this show. And with it comes all of these people uh, that are going to vote, and all these young people. Now, I'm going to tell you, my wife loves American Idol. She's probably going to kick me in the butt when she gets home. She loves American Idol. I watch it along with her. But I'm going to tell you guys something. For all these people that think that none of this matters, if, if the voting is, is, is for something major, and I want to put that disclaimer on it, if the voting is for something major, that the problem that I have is that you can have this really cute guy on American Idol, okay, who can't sing for Jack, okay, Awful singer, not awful, just not great. I mean, you're not going to be somebody who's going to sell 50 million albums, but definitely not the new thing. And he'll sing the dumbest stuff, and it'll all be the same, and he'll get on acoustic guitar with, uh, uh, you know, his little hat on, and he'll sing, you know, and he'll slow down. I think a kid this year slowed down every step you take or every breath you take. I don't even know how you slow that down, but somehow he did it. And these 12- and 14-year-old girls, or maybe it's even wider than that, maybe it's 12 to 18, they all call in and they all vote 20,000 times apiece. They will steal somebody's phone to vote. They will buy votes online for this person. They will buy Twitter votes online for this person. It's amazing because they think somehow this kid's going to say, oh, you know, you're the one that got all those votes for me. Let's go on a date and get married. Uh, this delusion of, of, well, I have to make it happen for this person because I think he's cute and I like him. The problem with people in that age range of 12 to 14, 12 to 18, is that it's all likability. And it's not going to matter one iota what the gameplay is. So when you have those people attack the voting system, it's going to be interesting to me when they see that they have 4 million people voting when every year in the past that they've ever had voting, they might have had a million or two. It's going to be amazing to me how this works out. But you have all these disposable votes that are going to happen. And if it's for something major, it's concerning for a major Big Brother fan. It's, it's concerning for a super, what they call a super fan, because it really makes it unfair for everyone else in that household. And it's, it's a very big concern from gameplay. Now, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing idea on CBS's part, because guess what? They have now found a way to get the 12 to 18-year-olds to come over and follow this pop star singer's brother and to be involved by voting. And the minute that his sister says, hey, there's a vote, I need you all go to vote, blah, 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 guess what? They're now all of a sudden interested in the show. Now it's genius on CBS's part, but I'm going to tell everybody right now, 
If you like the strategic play on Big Brother, it's going away. It's all going to be about likability. It's all about getting the younger people in. They don't care about us anymore. And I say that with with true sadness in my heart. They truly don't care about the hard fans anymore. The people who love the Wills and the Dans and the Evil Dicks and you love the Janelles, the new era is coming. And unfortunately, I think this is proof of it. Now, uh, the other thing we want to move on to, we've, we've said that about Frankie. We've explained why people should have some concern and why there is some concern. Now, again, I think I speak for everyone who is concerned. If there is no vote for anything major, and I want to repeat that again, nothing for, no votes for anything major, we don't care, okay? Fine. Frankie's good. Let's watch him and enjoy. If it's for something major, it is a concern, and it should be everybody's concern who really watches this show and loves it. On the other end, now, this has just kind of developed, but the kid named Caleb who's going to be on here, now he's the cowboy, um, has already been caught making racist remarks, um, what I consider racist remarks and homophobic remarks on, fa- on his Facebook page. Now, why these people keep their Facebook pages beyond me, okay? I, I don't know. Um, but you can't be very bright to leave it up. If I ever get on the show and tell my wife, turn mine off, cancel it. Uh, not that I've ever said anything, by the way, but you just never know how things are interpreted. Um, he used terms like, uh, and excuse anyone who's going to be offended by this, but I'll say it, he used a term like fag, and he used a term uh, Muslim monkey to describe Obama. Uh, and this is a concerning. Now, in his de- I'm not going to go into his defense, but in his understanding, let's, let's be fair, this was 20 months ago on his Facebook page, and somebody saved it, and he probably should absolutely defriend that person. But it was 20 months ago. He is also quite buff in this picture. I mean, it's a picture, I mean, I guess it's his profile picture, but he's got like 20-inch biceps. Dude's huge. But in his Big Brother thing, he looks rather small. Um, so apparently he likes steroids as well. I'm probably going to get sued for that. I don't care. Uh, it looks like he likes steroids as well. Um, but it was 20 months ago. It's almost two years ago. And I, and I like to say this to everybody who's upset about it. Is, should, is he getting over, um, over beat up for it? No. Uh, Muslim monkey is a terrible phrase to use um, towards the president, whether you like him or not. Um, and to say fag is uh, offensive to many uh, people who are gay, um, and, and, and rightfully so. So you, you're using some terrible language, um, and what really cracks me up is that this is posted, I mean, this guy gets on the show, and it's 48 hours that somebody finds this on his Facebook page and posts it. I mean, hello, big brother. I mean, you, you just went through all this trouble last season, and somebody with very, very, very limited, probably very limited computer skills goes on, goes to this guy's last two years of history and finds a statement. Are you not looking through these? Are you not checking them out? Now, granted, it was two years ago. And I, and I, I will say this, uh, to be fair, I don't want to judge people. Just like if Frankie, if the voting thing is not involved, Frankie gets a square shot from me, and he should from everybody. But Caleb... This is two years ago, and we don't know sometimes what somebody goes through in those two years. Has he had an awakening? Has he been able to learn from other people of other races and minorities and other sexual preferences? 
Has he maybe had a situation where now that he has, maybe since he said that, um, he's maybe become friends with Muslims or maybe he's got a Muslim uh, friend or maybe even a friend who's black or somebody who has made him see a better way in himself. Um, Maybe he's met somebody who's homosexual and although maybe he was turned off by it, learned that this person was just like him, just had a different sexual preference. We don't know over that two years how maybe he's changed. And, and I would give him that benefit of the doubt. Um, but here's my here, – those are the, my the, – my two hopes are this. Either he's learned over the last two years that that thinking is very closed-minded and incorrect, or that when he goes into the house, he meets someone who's African-American – or someone who's uh, homosexual, which has a pretty good chance because the cast has a few, and learns on this show tolerance and acceptance. And if that happens on this show, regardless of what you think, that's an incredible, uh, powerful um, situation that we could be looking at. So I'm not sure that I'm ready to get rid of this, um, but I think it was probably too soon to do something like that with – a lot of the racial comments that were made last season, I think it's still touchy. And a lot of my concern and a lot of the concern of what people have said to me so far is, do you think that CBS is trying to set this up to be this way? I hope not. I'm going to tell you, though, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Shock is something that gets attention, Um, and not to be dated here, but Alice Cooper used to cut mannequins' heads off on stage. Miley Crew used to walk around in devil worship outfits. Um, it's been going on. Marilyn Manson, you know, everybody said Marilyn Manson was having sex with animals on stage. All of these shock things were pulled out because it did garner it did garner attention. It did make people want to, maybe from a distance, but they were curious. Um, shock was such a big deal. Howard Stern and and everybody would listen to Howard Stern to see what he was going to say next. Maybe they didn't agree with what he said. And they were turned off, but it's like Evil Dick. I mean, Evil Dick picked up some ratings because he was shocking. And I think what happens in America now, not to get too philosophical here, but I think what happens in America now is that everything's at our disposal. And, and, and you know, if, you, if you're a kid, it's pretty easy to find naked people online, and it's pretty easy to find people getting killed online, and it's, it's pretty easy to see anything you want now with the Internet being available as it is. And you can call that a, a, a blessing or a curse. That's up to you. Um, but now we need shock. The old shock to the system is needed in American society. And I'm not so sure, as, as sickening as this sounds, I'm not so sure that networks are now looking for racism to be the new shock, um, to get more people to look, to get more people to be curious and disgusted at the same time, which is exactly what shock is. It's gonna, you, you're going to be curious and you're going to be disgusted until you adapt to it. And I'm not going to say that you're going to adapt to racism. We shouldn't. Um, but we're at a point where nothing is shocking. And the only thing now that shocks people, in all honesty, is really political incorrectness now. Uh, people saying things that maybe are not very popular or saying something racially hurtful. Um, so in reality, what we have here is an issue, I think, with shock, and I'm not sure that CBS cares what these guys say on their own time, because I'm going to be honest with you, 
if you look through all 16 members of this cast and try to pick your jaw off the floor when I say this, because we're running against trying to end the show here very shortly, but most of them are recruited. Guess what? One of them, Brittany, who's going to be on the show this season. I watched her interview. Brittany uh, was talking at a bar with her friend, and somebody overheard her and gave her, got, got her number and, and brought her in for an interview. Now she's on the show. Big Brother is just going out there and looking for people. Nine of the 16 contestants this year are people that were recruited. Think about that. That's seven people that actually enjoy the show watching and are fans. And by God, I hope they win. I really, truly do. I hope it's one of the seven that's a big fan that plays out of this world and wins. Unfortunately, the seven are kind of (laughs) the nerdy ones and the people that you probably don't expect. Um, but you never know. I mean, you know, I think the the girl that works for the coffee shop, the barista, and uh, the girl who's got blonde, and, blonde hair and blonde, uh, the glasses, I think her name's Nicole, they're, they're both people who watch. I believe Donnie said that he watched a couple of seasons religiously. Um, a lot of my concern is that a lot of these people started on season 12, which is a great season, um, but... 12 was the last of the good seasons. I mean, 13, 14, and 15 are, are pretty awful. Um, so these people are used to maybe a likability or popularity factor, uh, you know, out of that instead of realizing that's a strategic game. Um, and so that's my concern, knowing that some of these people have been recruited, is that a lot of them haven't seen the show or have only seen season 12. And a lot of them are saying, well, yeah, you know, I went home and watched a bunch of seasons. Well, let me tell you something. I've watched every season at least twice, my wife will contest to that because it drives her nuts, I'm sure. But I've watched every season twice at least. And you know what? I didn't get through it in a couple of weeks. It took me a month. It took me a, a little while of commitment to get through these seasons and appreciate them. So these guys that are saying, well, I went back and watched the seasons when I found out I was on the show, yeah, I don't believe you. I think you might have, I think you might have picked through a couple. You watched a couple, but you don't understand the game. And I'm really concerned that this is where this is going and where this show is going. I think it's an insult, and I just want to say this before we wrap up. I think it's an insult, and I hope CBS is listening. I think it's an insult to have people that are really, really hardcore fans of this show that really, really, really bust their ass to be on. I mean, they they try out every year. They go through all the casting stuff. They go through all the interviews. They do a video. They really passionately love this show. And they want to be on this show. And they want to be the next Dr. Well. And they want to be the next Dan or the next Janelle, the next Mike Boogie. But they get passed over for somebody who's a YouTube Internet sensation or somebody who talks sexy at a bar or somebody who will look good in a bathing suit. And if you want to know what's happening with Big Brother, that's what's happening with Big Brother. And that's the, that's the thing that is the most worrisome as we go into Season 16. Is this what Season 16 is going to continue on? Or is season 16 going to give us a new Dan or a new Will? I'm going to tell you, folks, Will started it. Will's the greatest. Dan came when Dan was needed in season 10. This show was really slacking. Now, 8, Evil Dick was great, yes, but I think it was more shock more than people thought, well, Evil Dick's a great player. Evil Dick is a great player, but Evil Dick was getting a lot of attention because he was shocking. Dan was Will 2.0. I still think the original is better by far. But Dan knew how to play this game. And Dan played in 10, fantastic. And Dan played in 14, fantastic. 
we need the next Dan or Will, and we're going to need him in the next two seasons, or her, or her, or her. The next two seasons, we're going to need that next player that is incredibly talented at strategic play. Or this show is going to suffer, and we're going to have to kiss it goodbye. Folks, I hope you had a great time. We're going to just do an hour tonight. I talked enough. Listen, some people called in. Some people sent in some chats. Um, to get to some of those, I'm going to try to do it before we end up here. Um, will, there be a part of, will that be part of the two-night move-in? I don't know. Uh, that was from Chris. I don't know, Chris. I, I don't know if the vets will be a part of it. My guess is no. We may get two vets. Uh, each one is going to be head of maybe captain of the teams, but I seriously doubt it. I think we've got the 16 that we're going to get. If you look on the wall, when you look at pictures of the house, it's eight on each side, uh, two, two signs, and eight and eight uh, on, the, on the memory wall. There's two of them. Uh, four slots for keys on each side. I see 16 people, unless they bring in two captains that are safe throughout the season. I, I seriously doubt we're going to see vets. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Danny says Jordan was the worst winner ever. I agree, Danny. You're absolutely right. Um, I think Frankie's sister has 50 million followers. Is fair. We've already addressed that. Uh, why are they? Uh, I'm going to answer this one. Spicy Chicken One said, "Why are they recruiting so many players?" Uh, I think it's because um, that they're recruiting so many players because there's so many people that are reality star wannabes right now. And I think the reality star wannabes are the ones that are lining up uh, and sending in a lot of information to try to get on these shows. And I think you saw a ton of them in 15, okay? I think Amanda is definitely one. I think Gina Marie was definitely one. I think Andy's definitely one of them. You, you have these people that want to be reality stars. They get paid. Listen, people will say it's not true. It is. You're gonna get, if you go on a reality show and you get off and you're one of the more popular people, I'm going to tell you, Las Vegas hotels are going to call you to come drink at their club, and they're going to pay you $20,000 to do it. They're going to pay you $20,000 to come and drink free at their club to bring people in. You're damn right you're going to do it, and you're going to make a really good living doing it. And it's going to last for about a year. <coughs> Excuse me. It's going to last about a year, maybe two, depending on your popularity. Janelle can do it for a while, and a lot of those guys do that. They get great jobs. You you don't you you've got to understand. A lot of these Big Brother players get jobs from viewers. They get uh, money from viewers. There's I'm not going to say names, but it's pretty sickening to me that there's a couple of Big Brother 15 castmates out there that are asking for money from fans. I think they should be outright ashamed of themselves selling stuff that they have for ridiculous amounts of money for people to give them money. You're a, a waste of space. I'm not going to mention who you are, but. Um, I think a lot of it is the problem is you've got people that are lining up to be on this show, and they all want to be reality reality stars. And it's probably really, really hard to go through a lot of people who are applying, and everybody says, "Who's your favorite player?" And you say, "Dr. Will," you know, or "Who's your favorite player?" Dan. You know, there's just no real originality. I think for a lot of people who are trying out, I think there's probably some fantastic people that are trying out, and it's just not. You know, if you're not communicating yourself well and you're not translating who you are across very well and you're really not giving them a great strategy, they probably would rather recruit somebody who's really good-looking and good in a bathing suit. No offense to some of you, and myself included. They probably want somebody who's going to look good in a bathing suit because that does bring ratings. And, and like I said, beautiful people in a place tight together like that equals drama. Drama equals ratings. Um, do, I need to, do, they, do I think they need to remove Caleb for, Caleb for his racial statements? Um that's a tough one because, like I said, it was 20 months ago he could have learned a lot. I think that production needs to take him in and question him about it and ask him what he was, why he said those things. Given that, give him an opportunity to explain. 
He's also, somebody just wrote here, he was also caught on tape beating a pig with a stick. Of anybody who knows me, there's two things I can't stand that I think you should burn in hell for, and that's uh, child abuse and animal abuse. So if that is the fact, and he, he is caught on tape, I don't know the situation if he was being attacked, but if he just did it, um, then count on me not, not cheering for him and not voting for him. Uh, as far as everything else, you know, we can't judge too early. But, yeah, they need to address it. They need to talk to him about it. And if they feel like he is going to cause more problems, they need to send him out. But I'm going to tell you, He's probably recruited because they feel like he's going to be a racist and increase, <laughs> increase, increase viewership. So, you know, they probably aren't going to do anything. Uh, season 7 sucked. Mike Boogie didn't deserve it. That was John Mack, 4456. John, man, you're wrong. Season 7 was the best season ever. And I want to say this, too. A lot of people that, that give opinions sometimes and say, well, this season sucked and this player sucked, I'm going to tell you something. I find out 90% of the time people who have a strong opinion on past winners – not being very good, are people who never watched a season past season 10. Do yourself a favor. Please do yourself a favor and go watch Big Brother 2 through 9, 2 through 8, and come back and talk to me after you do that because you don't have any clue what you're talking about. Mike Boogie uh, single-handedly played the best game in season 7. He actually uh, won the two most important HOHs, the last one and the final one. Uh, He deserved to win. It was a shame Will wasn't sitting next to him because Will should have been sitting next to him. Unfortunately, if Will would have been sitting there, I think Will would have gotten a little bit more credit than Boogie, and he would have gotten the full amount. Uh, He would have been the first two-time winner. Uh, But I think Boogie played the best game out of Season 7, and I implore you to go back and watch uh, without your head being up your ass and and try it one more time because he was fantastic in Season 7. I know he's got some personal issues people don't like, but you need to get over that. Gameplay is one thing. Personal life is another um, that he was very strategic in seven, and he redeemed himself. And I get Boogie. Actually, I get Boogie my top five spot of all uh, of the best players. Um, let's see some of the stuff I'm going to step. What's my top five players? That was from um, Jill Casmo. Jill, my top five players. Um, Will is the best player of all. Dan uh, is second. Dan is not better than Will. Will is better than anybody who's ever played the game, but Dan is damn good. And Dan was, uh, as I said, Dan came along when Dan was needed. So two is number, uh, number two is Dan. Number three is Danielle, the Black Widow, Reyes. Love her to death. Her intuition, her gut instinct is fantastic. She's a killer. She's a beast. She's a monster. Uh, she could easily be number two. Uh, I just think, I think the world of Danielle Reyes. I think she is built to be a big brother player. Um, she is definitely a top three, and sometimes in my mind she, she jumps over Dan. Number four, somebody like Janelle. Uh, Janelle, she's had a lot of opportunities. But the, th- the thing about Janelle, and I know we're pushing up against getting out of here, but the thing about Janelle that I don't like is that I think that Janelle only does well with big alliances. Jill, Janelle on her own is not very good. Uh, her social skills really suck. Um, I love her as a player. She really throws a lot of – a lot of things into it, but Janelle as a player alone is awful. In a alliance, she's fantastic. Give her two or three people to watch her back, a Howie or a Kazer, and she's great. Um, Boogie is number five. I think Boogie uh, proved in number seven. Don't judge on 14. Mike Boogie did not want to be a coach. He will tell you that. He didn't want to be a coach in 14. He voted no. He didn't want to go back in the game. They forced him in, and he was forced to do it. Uh, Boogie is a top five player. Number six, Evil Dick. Um, seven, Danielle Donato. I'm going to give 
seven to Danielle Donato. I think she's a great player. I think she's very physical. I think she has a, a decent social game. It's not great. I would put her and Rachel Riley about the same, and that's why I would put Rachel Riley at eight, Ian Terry at number nine, because I think Ian Terry really did understand the game. Um, yes, he was saved and helped out, but Ian does understand strategy very well, and that quack pack was very, very solid, and he was one of the makers of that one. Um, he had a very big influence in the quack pack. So Ian Terry at number nine, and I'm going to get booed and booed and booed. Frank Udy at number 10. Guy's a beast. Uh, not, not good socially. Yeah, a lot better socially than people say. But you understand the guy had a target on his back, and I would love to see him get another shot. I think he would do much, much better if he were to go back in the house and people were to give him another shot. So those are my top five off the top of my head. Um, I don't want America to vote. I don't either. I think it's wrong when we when we are allowed to make moves. Let me tell you something. We were able to choose players in Season 7 All-Stars, and I think our choices were Diane, uh, Nokomis, and Chicken George. So there's like three of the worst people playing that game that year. I mean, it was awful. Uh, we have no business voting on anything but food, so I agree with you. Um, the other person says, I can't wait to vote. Uh, and the last but not least, Matt asked me, why do I dislike uh, Twist so much? I dislike Twist so much because I think it takes away from the originality of the game. I think it takes away from the ability of people to play a strategic game because I think the twists get in the way, and it does create an unfair advantage for others. Um, so I don't like twist at all. I like a game that comes in and you play it. The only twist that I even would have liked to have seen this year was them to take the golden power of veto, trash it, and make it the diamond power of veto so that the, um, so that the person who wins the POV can actually make the nominations themselves. Um, so that's why I don't like twist. I like one good twist and that's it. I don't need a 50 million twist. I don't need one that puts in an extra addict, um, competition for something that normally happens like an HOH. I don't need two HOHs to decide who's the final one. I think it's ridiculous. So anyway, I think, you're, I think it sounds like you've got a bad cast is what it sounds like to me. But I, I do like some of these people in the cast. I want to say that before I let you go. I do think some of the cast is really, really good. I like Donnie. Um, I like Cody, actually. I think Cody or Co is it Cody or Kobe? Um, I think he's probably a really good um, – he seems very mature for a young guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but he seems like uh, Cody seems like a kind of guy who can play. Uh, the people I think are going to cause the most trouble in the house. I think Brittany's going to cause trouble. There's something tells me about it. Frankie's going to cause trouble because of it. he has a very centric attitude. He's very animated, and I think that's going to rub people the wrong way early. I think the preacher Jacosta is going to be a problem because anytime you throw preachers, homosexuals in the same house, and people backstabbing and lying, it seems to cause people who are a little bit more inside the box to have a little bit of a fit. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the next person I think is going to have the most problem is going to be uh, the police officer, uh, who is Derek. I think Derek's going to have a lot of problems because he is a, seems like a very, he looks like a cop. He kind of acts like a cop. And he's very straight up and down, knows the rules. This is the rules. I don't want anybody you know what I mean? And I think that people sniff that out, and I think when you're like that and you're very hard-edged like that, um, 
I think that the house is really going to work against him, work against Frankie, work against Brittany, and work against Jocasta as the preacher. I think they're all going to be fighting their own battles inside the house with other people. It's going to be very, very, very interesting. So I wouldn't give up on the season at all. It's just started. We don't even know what's going to happen. It's going to be a fun season either way, guys. I'm going to see you on Wednesday night. We're going to do a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock. I want to see more of you call in. I want to see more of you uh, uh, be a part of it, of course. We need you. This show cannot work the way it needs to work without people messaging in and calling in. Again, keep our number on your mind, 917-889-7084. We want to talk to you. Uh, I want to appreciate the chatters today who sent me some messages on the private uh, Big Brother After Show message board, or uh, IM. I appreciate that, but I'd love to have you call. Um, but your, mess, your, your question still got on, and uh, so hopefully you're happy with that. Folks, it's been a lot of fun. You will see me again Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Uh, be here. We're going to be ready to talk about the first night. It's going to be so exciting. For all the things that we have said tonight, I want to say this. The season hasn't started. The show hasn't begun, and it could be one of the best seasons we have ever seen. Let's all cross our fingers and hope for that. Let's all hope it's going to be a fantastic season that we will never, ever forget in good ways and that we find the next Dr. Will, the next Janelle, or the next um, um, Dan, the next Mike Boogie, the next Danielle Reyes in this group. I would love it. Um, So, folks, I'm Sam. I hope you had a great time. Call me next week or next Wednesday. Let's talk about what's going on. Now, I want to say this, too, before we get off. I've got a couple of seconds. I don't want you to not think that we're not going to talk spoilers. We will. Um, there are going to be things that are going on in the live cams that we're going to be talking about. Sometimes it's a couple of days ahead of what you know what's going on. So if you're not a live feeder, you might want to tune in and get some of the latest that's going on. If you guys want to move this show to Tuesdays and uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays or Wednesdays and Thursdays, message me. Find me at, at places like Reality Chat. Find me at places like Addicted to Big Brother. Look me up. My name is Sam. You can't miss me. I'll be bitching or complaining about something or talking about something with other people. So you'll find me. You'll seek me out. Send me a message. Let's talk about Big Brother. Can't wait, folks. It's about to begin. The countdown has begun. A couple of more days. Get excited, folks. It's going to be a hell of a season either way, and I hope it's a memorable one. Thanks so much for joining me tonight, guys, and I hope to see you this Wednesday. Take care. Watching, 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 watching me.